24. That's right, right? It's track 24? Yes. It's track 24. 24. Lyric, how do you feel about that? Sorry, guys. The <laughs> lyric's walking around holding one of Leisha's shoes at the moment. So hmm. this is a... Uh, this is, this is a great intro right hot here. Hot on the scene. Hot. hot on the scene. So, yeah, track 24. Mm -hmm. I'm Caleb. This is my Wait. partner in crime. Oh. <laughs> that was too soon. <laughs> I'm Leisha. It's Leisha. <laughs> that's, uh, that's her. Uh, that's my wife. What an intro. This what is, is, this is a good. I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't have to be professional. Yeah, I know. It this never is. is. Talking. It never is. Talking. Mm -hmm. I did it again. Well, if this is your first time listening, um, yeah, this is kind of how it goes. So yeah. hopefully you enjoy that. But we are a full-time RV uh, family, I guess you could say, with the animals and us. Um, and we also like to talk music. So that's yeah. kind of where this podcast came from, specifically 90s and 2000s. And that's kind of where a lot of our topics are based upon, mm -hmm. uh, which we do a lot of different kind of topics. Some we recycle, um, some are brand new. For today, this is going to be our our top favorite topic. The, this topic always does really well. Um, this is kind of a, a fan favorite, I guess you can say. It's really the most basic. So, it is. It we really just talk is. about two songs like we each pick two songs from the 90s mm -hmm. and two songs from the 2000s but it um, works i mean and it works. we just talk about them yeah. songs that we liked or songs that we feel like we're underrated or mm -hmm. um, we don't tell each other beforehand what songs we are yeah. coming to the episode with so it's a little surprise for everybody yeah a little razzle dazzle and i think and, too uh, if, if you are yeah if you are a first time listener i feel like these are good episodes to kind of start with because yeah. like i said it's kind of just an epitome of what all of our topics are, but obviously just kind of, um, I don't know, just our yeah. take on what we, what some of our favorites are. So, and yeah. you'll hear the little pitter patter of, <laughs> uh, you probably already have of lyric, my, our dog, mm -hmm. one of our, one of our dogs walking mm -hmm. back and forth on the wood floor. Um, yeah. She maybe, likes to insert herself. Maybe you can hear some times. heavy breathing from our <laughs> other dog Denali because he's sitting right in front of the microphone right now. Um, I don't know if you he's know, yeah. audible or not. This is uh, how it just this is how it goes. You very know? chaotic is... entrance to this episode. <laughs> I know it really is. Uh, so why don't you start today? What do you got for us? <clears throat> yeah, so I will start with my first one. Um, it comes out of 1996, and we will play it here for you now. If you could only see the way she loves me, then maybe you would understand. Why I feel this way about our love and what I must do If you could only see how blue her eyes can be when she says When she says she loves me So if you don't know what that song is, that is If You Could Only See by the band Tonic. This song came from their debut album uh, called Lemon Parade. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't really, I didn't, I don't know. Like, I guess I kind of had an idea of what this song meant, but I never really placed it to this. And once I looked at the meaning and where, like, the song was written, like, what inspired the song, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I never really, I don't know. But to kind of tell you, so this song was written by the frontman, and it's all about, um, it's basically a song directed to his family who disowned him due to their disapproval of him dating an older woman yeah, for a few okay, years. So this was a I, direct sort of... I could always yeah. get the feeling of it being him trying to explain why he's with someone to someone yeah. else. Because, you know, the if you could only see, you know... The way she, she loves says, me. Yeah. 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 Like I always, I always got that vibe from it, but I didn't know it was directed about that. I didn't know yeah. the specifics of it. So and yeah. I feel like when you do know that and then you look at the lyrics, you're like, oh yeah, this is so obvious. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, um, so that's kind of a little bit of background on what the song is. This song also, um, I thought this was really crazy, but it spent 63 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 Airplay chart. Yeah. That's different from like, you know, the top Billboard alternative hits. But 63 weeks is a lot of time. It was actually found to be the most played rock uh, or most played song on the rock radio stations of 1997. Oh, wow. So this was that. a really popular song that, yeah. for sure. 
and for good reason it's a it's a really great track um yeah i think the vocalist is very talented Uh, he Mm. goes he goes very like his transitions from doing like almost like a smooth vocal to like a gritty like he just has that gravel in his voice in some parts is very very awesome i love that um the music too is very like this song's very nostalgic to me for some reason. Mm, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Maybe just I heard it so many times back in the back in the nineties. Well, nineteen ninety seven. You yeah. probably heard it a lot. Ninety seven. <laughs> that was a good year. It was a good year. It was a good year. Um, but yeah. So yeah, great, great song. Uh, great yeah, song. I I love that too. Like I feel like the way that they kind of structured the melodies through the song like hit at the right like the perfect times yeah. for this when they kind of hit those transitions or like the music will sort of carry the vocals into a different spot or sometimes even vice versa. And I feel like the way that the song plays with the melodies is always, has always been very catching to me and very kind of draws you in really well to this song. And I think that's probably why, yeah, it was such a playable song on the radio. Cause I think this is also another song too, that kind of no matter what genre of music you sort of stuck to whether it was more the mainstream hits or the alternative hits or even the more metal or more pop or i feel like this is kind of one of those songs that you kind of can't go wrong with like this is a very i think likable song um because it's just a very easy to listen to there's obviously a very specific meaning to it and yeah it just has good music good melodies and and good vocals so i feel like this has always been a very um very listenable song for sure um i know too like one thing for me i don't know why but i remember watching the video to this song and always feeling like for some reason the front man never looked the way I. yeah he doesn't he does not look (laughs) and i don't know why i I feel the same way yeah yeah i don't know what i was picturing or what it was but i was like oh that's yeah that is definitely not what i voice doesn't look like it's (laughs) it matches what he it's weird i don't know yeah yeah, and I think, too, um, just even a little bit with Tonic, I mean, they were obviously pretty active within, you know, the late 90s, beginning of the 2000s. They found the most success and a lot of success, really, with their first couple albums. And then I feel like they kind of went on a little bit of a hiatus, and they, I guess they kind of split off, did some things, sort of individually found some success that way, and then they sort of reunited again made a little bit more music and now to this day they it kind of seems like they just sort of they still do some individual things but they still do a lot of touring with tonic like i'm pretty sure tonic just started like this is towards um this is like kind of mid to late august and i'm pretty sure they just started like a tour that hmm. they're doing throughout because i think i saw them touring with somebody God, i don't remember but anyways they still are active in that sense i don't know if they make a lot of like new music necessarily but they definitely still do a lot of touring so hmm. so still yeah still well, active in that sense so i'd go soon yeah i probably would too even though i actually don't know i don't know a lot but i feel like the that first, first album, album i feel is, like i know a lot of that is pretty good yeah. yeah i don't i don't know much past that but i'd still it'd be i think it'd be interesting to see them yeah i think so too so so that's tonic so caleb what's your first pick my first pick is this That song is Seven Years by a band called Seosin, and that song came out in 2003. Hmm. Uh, this is one that I couldn't, I, I had to like, and I could still be wrong, but I I couldn't believe that I haven't picked this song on an episode yet, hmm. um, as much as it was like sort of an influ- influential song for me growing up. Um, I feel like, I don't I couldn't find it. I could be wrong, I guess. Let us know if I have already talked about this. I mean, but. here's the reality. Though. Do you really feel like people are going to dive into every single episode yes. and like call us out and be like, that's the ep- you talked about this yeah. song already. That's what, yeah, like that's what I want. <laughs> I want you people to be out here. I feel here, like it's okay. Like, are it's you okay. kidding me? 
we, we come in here and listen oh to these gosh. episodes and you're gonna give us this crap no the same no. song i feel like it's fine so <laughs> yeah tell I don't us know. about it i don't think i have so here we go um so seven years is, the reason why i say it was a pretty influential song is because it was one of the major songs um growing up that i loved to sing uh something if you don't know about me i love to sing all the time and this was one that was very like at the edge of my range i feel like so it was very fun i always love finding songs that push the vocals um so you know i like to you know i guess that makes it more fun to like oh man can i hit that note or like can yeah. i do that right or can i make this sound cool um but the song itself is just honestly a really cool song to me i mean it definitely has that early 2000s emo screamo sound to it um but i feel like I this still was... can't believe this was oh three though yeah. it's actually a little earlier than what well I that's what i was getting ready for. to say is i feel like they kind of not that they started the genre but i feel like they were very influential in like kickstarting that like i feel like a lot of people who were into that kind of music would put seosin or just anthony green at the top of a list of like influential emo screamo artists i feel like mm -hmm. uh, at least for that era i i would ag agree but also not agree to that statement because like i do feel like anthony green circus survive 100 percent would be on a lot of people's list for that but yeah i don't i don't know i mean and i feel like as we've dove into this and really talked about like oh like who was who were the groups that really the sort of like kick-started the change in rock music where it kind of went into a you know, like this, like emo alternative, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure if, if Circus Survive would be necessarily one of the groups I would say kind of started that, Sayosin? but I do, or say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know Anthony Green's in both, that's why, yeah, that's I know. why she keeps like, saying. <laughs> um, but I mean, I do feel like they very quickly became like one of the top yeah for sure i think um, so um there was a lot of controversy with seosin in the beginning too because this ep this comes off of an ep from 2003 um there's only five or six tracks on it and that was all they did and then they started touring um with that and in the middle of a tour anthony green just decided he was done with the band and he was moving on mm -hmm. so he like left i believe they were on a warp tour i think it was a warp tour or something but he just left and um they didn't have a singer i think they had a guy from story of the year uh the backup singer from story of the year finished the tour for them like oh, really? did some yeah, yeah. His, i think his name was phil sneed i want to say yeah something like that um but yeah that guy did some of the vocals just because they didn't have anyone and then they ended up finding a new vocalist um cove reber and that's when they released their full-length album which was just self-titled it just had the beetle on it mm -hmm. um and so that's where all the controversy comes because it was a lot of like, well, this singer isn't as good as Anthony Green. And mm -hmm. like, why are we like, we want the old singer back. It's not as good. I don't know. It's just one of those things where like when you replace a singer that is that has such a distinctive voice, I feel like that's, it's like a hard thing to do. It's it, like anybody, they could have put anybody as a vocalist for Sanderson and every, all the comments still would have been like, well, this singer isn't as good as the old one. Like, I feel like people just focus in on that so hard when you replace a singer. Yeah. Um, but I, I like both. I like Anthony Green better, but I, I thought Cove kind of got a bad rap just because I guess he had big shoes to fill if you want to use a cheesy saying, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, this song in particular is just, I, there's also an acoustic version of the, of the song that's the one that I really like. I mean, that obviously it's easier to sing along with acoustic. You get more vocal. Um, so that's the one I, I really enjoyed to sing along with, but I wanted to put the original version of it on here too, because it highlights a lot of the band instead of just Anthony Green. Uh, Cause I think the band is phenomenal as well. Like the guitar work and the drums and the song are just crazy good to me. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll backtrack a little bit um, just to kind of add to what you were saying about the two groups. Like, for me, I always, it almost, like, felt like two very different bands. Yeah. Like, with this one and then when Cove, I, I don't know. I, mean, I almost kind of wonder if it would have been even just more beneficial if they would have just, like, started with a new name with Cove or something. Yeah. 
and just kind of started with because it honestly like the sound that comes through the albums are super different to me like i i don't know i it's almost i don't know so that's no, kind of th- just, like my take it, on it, that. yeah i agree with that because the the ep was definitely i feel like more i don't know if heavy is the right word but it's definitely like more upbeat and more like technical stuff going on there mm-hmm. whereas the original like the first full-length album i feel like a lot of the songs were a little bit there was a, definitely a few that were slower paced like you're not alone yeah and those kind of songs um yeah i can agree with that yeah but yeah i don't know i mean this song though specifically to go back to talking about this um yeah i mean this is this has always been a good song i've always liked a lot of anthony green's work not all of his work but a lot of his work and um yeah this is definitely some of those like early early beginnings of it and it yeah. sounded sounded good so yeah yeah so alicia <laughs> what is your next song wow so my next song is from 2005, and here it and, is. Uh, he starts humming this little tune, and and uh, it kind of goes like this. It's kind of one, two, one, two, three, four. I must talk in every telephone, get eaten off the web. Must rip out all the epilogues from the books that we have read Into the face of every criminal strapped firmly to a chair We must stare, we must stare, we must stare Okay, so that song was by Bright Eyes And that is called At the Bottom of Everything So um, this song, like I said, came out in 2005 This is from their sixth album and i feel like a lot of people really didn't know bright eyes until this album so i feel like some people were like oh like is this like their first album this is the first time hearing but no this is actually their sixth album they were a group who started in um 1998 so late 90s and they kind of actually had more of a breakthrough moment in 2002 um they had an album that come out and they had started to get recognized more and they were actually um, the year's like most celebrated new artist. And by 2004, I mean, they were actually touring. They were on a tour with Bruce Springsteen and R.E.M. So they were kind of one of those bands, I feel like, that were very underrated and sort of still quiet on the scene, but they were on the scene. Yeah. So it was kind of one of those. Um, so this song was kind of interesting because when this came out, It was actually released, um, like they did this thing where they released two albums like at the same time, which was really kind of interesting. And they were very different albums. And they even did like a a part one and a part two of the tour, which so it's just kind of an interesting way to do like, I don't know, just release some music. Um, But one of the albums was was um, where this song came out of. And um, it it, this album definitely did better. It had a lot more like, um, I think, more popular singles that came out of it. Like when you look at their Spotify, their top five most listened to songs were all from the album that this came out of. Mm -hmm. Um, And this song in particular was one that I just always, I always really enjoyed this song. And it's probably not, I guess if people who are Bright Eyes fan, they probably wouldn't say that this was their favorite song, but I don't know, for some reason to me, this is one of my favorite Bright Eyes songs for sure. And I think it's really just about even the arrangement of the song and just the song because it's so different because it kind of starts out with basically it's like the vocalist the frontman connor is just telling you a story and it's just spoken word there's no music it's kind of an interesting intro and then slowly as he gets to certain parts in the story the music starts to slowly come in and then you go like fully into um, the first verse and a very kind of indie folky sound and you can kind of capture that a lot through just the different like instruments and sounds throughout the song um and it's kind of more fast paced i would say through most of the song and it almost gives you like this slightly like kind of happy sound at times but to me like when you read the lyrics and really kind of think about the meaning of the song it's one of those that's very depressingly 
happy yeah kind of feel to me but but I don't know, what were you gonna say Oh, I was just going to say, like, okay, so Bright Eyes was never a band that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of this song probably just from you listening to it before. Yeah. But, like, so so they had, you said they released two albums at the same time, and, like, they did two different tours. So, like, were there other songs different, or did they all kind of have this spoken word no, feel? No, this okay. definitely was its own sound. Like, okay, the, so, a lot of the songs gotcha. on the other albums. So I never really listened to them, and I just kind of assumed that they were all like that. Mm, okay. Um, because this song definitely has that sort of like almost like like campfire yeah it song. Does. <laughs> like like everybody's sitting around and he's just telling a story and then it just turns into a campfire song or whatever but um i don't know it it's definitely different i'll get like it's just not something i really ever connected with i don't think mm-hmm. um like they i don't know just never really did anything for me personally i don't, gotcha. I don't know um but yeah, I guess I would be curious to try to listen to some of the other stuff just to see because there there are parts that interest me because there are there are a couple like he has like a really shaky voice. Yeah, he does. He and does. that can be that can be good and bad. Like if you do it too much, I feel like it kind of gets old. Like okay, like you know. But it also is is it reminded me of there was one part that reminded me of a band that I really like um, called As Cities Burn, hmm. and he sounds a lot like because that guy has a shaky voice as well, but he uses it in a different way. Like only at certain times he'll get to that shaky feeling. And then he also has a very powerful voice. So I'm, I'm interested to see if this guy has that too, or if he just always has that really shaky, like crumbling voice or not. But. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily say that there's like a ton of power that comes in his voice in different songs. Yeah. I think there's different... I think there's different notes where he is really good at conveying emotion through his note, who through his voice in a very kind of soft or crumbly or timid or kind of shaky way. I think that's kind of where he definitely, that's more his like signature. I don't yeah. know if there's a lot more power that comes through it, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, and just to go back to, because I didn't say what the albums were, this one came from the album I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. And the other album that came out at the same time was Digital Ash and a Digital Yearn, mm. just to kind of clarify that. But I think I think with this song, it's really the storytelling through it I've always really enjoyed. And, and like I said, it's almost kind it's of... Missed opportunity there. What? The one album being called I'm Wide Awake and It's Morning. Mm-hmm. And then the duo that yeah. released at the same time should have mm. been, it's, you know, I'm fast asleep and it's night. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I, get, <laughs> I, I, do, I had to get that. Uh, but to go back to what I was saying, like, I think there's just like, there's almost like a quirkiness in the song, but the, the lyrics of the song have honestly so much depth to it. And I think like, there's a lot of, I think, points in the song where you can really f- kind of get an idea of like the world at that time. Cause like I said, this came out in 2000 and there's a few mentions that he kind of says about talking referencing like medicine and and to now it's too expensive to sell and and i I can't remember exactly what all he's saying but i think there at that point there was a lot of like you know addiction going on with oxycontin was kind of happening and like just the world of like pharma in that time um and then there's also just some references i think to where you can maybe kind of think of it in like a cult sense or even to just like people feeling like the world was changing because we were entering war and like you know kind of um feeling like death was almost a sweet release from the world going to like this rapture in that i think a lot of people kind of felt in that time with with a lot of the things going on in the world but i think the thing that spoke the most to me and it's honestly such a sad line But at the very end of the song, he says, I'm happy just because I found out I am really no one. And there's something about that that I think you can kind of look at it in a couple different ways where you could kind of feel like, oh, we're just nothing we do matters and whatever. But I think in that same sense, you can almost look at it in a positive way of like really realizing that we are such teeny little like pixels in this giant universe. Yeah. And the things that we stress upon or you know cold grudges upon and and just hold on to like these you know i think just things whether it's within ourselves or relationships whatever 
at the end of the day, like so much of that doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that we, I don't know. I just think there's something about that line where it's like, we really hold ourselves to like these very, very high expectations. And it's like the, we see these flaws within ourselves that I think we think everybody sees, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we're all so focused actually kind of on ourselves and like trying to be this perfect version or whatever. But really it's like, we're all just kind of these little like specks of dust at the end of the day. And we're all just doing our best. And I think I try to look at that line, even though it is kind of sad and you can kind of think of it like, Oh, nothing I do matters. I try to look at that line and think of it in a sense of like, I'm just doing my best today. And, and I don't have to let yesterday's actions or negative things flow into the next day. Cause at the end, cause it doesn't matter, you know? And, and that's a really long explanation for for this one line. And that was my, my deep talk for today. Um, so thank you for coming to my Ted talk. I really appreciate my, no, just kidding. I would never miss it. Yeah. But, but that, I don't know. That's how I've always kind of interpreted this song. And I think there's just a lot of really, I think there's just some interesting depth in the lyrics of this that always, captured me so so there's that that's that's bright eyes all right so then the next song i have is going to be one of my 90s song picks it is from the 1995 album this beautiful mess by sixpence none the richer is called love salvation and the fear of death and i don't know it's pretty um i would say a very underrated song oh, very I, don't, underrated. I don't think i don't think a lot of people would know this song i didn't even a, know what this was right a lot of playing. people know sixpence for their song kiss me yeah everybody knows that song it played on the radio i think like three different bands covered it and mm-hmm. re-released it and it's all over the place whatever and um, wow what a like different sound i would yeah. not have expected the uh, same band to that, yeah. of that to be this. Personally, I think this song is way better. I don't know a lot of their stuff, honestly, to really say what they normally sound like, I guess. Um, but I would say this song is way better than Kiss Me. Um, just right out, of the, right out of the gate, I love the bass line that opens the song. Yeah. It's a really cool bass. I have to say, though, really quick, like, when you first started playing this song, I was literally expecting this to almost be, like, some hard yeah. metal song. I was, yeah, and the then bass, it, like, changed, and I was like, yeah. whoa, okay, that was so not what I was anticipating. Right. That bassist is getting it. Yeah. Take that bass for a walk. No, no, um, but that, that, that immediately draws me in. Like, yeah. When that bass hits, I'm like, oh, wow, what's going on here? And then it kind of just shifts right into this, like, kind of almost acoustic melody kind mm-hmm. of vibey music um and nothing really changes too much throughout the song like the vocalist pretty much has the same tone throughout the whole song and it's not bad it's not like the most amazing vocalist you've ever heard either it's just kind of there but it, it fits so well with everything i think in this song like everything in the song flows so well it just really is a captivating song to me i think mm-hmm. um obviously i think a lot of the lyrics are about they were they were a Christian man. I don't know if they still mm-hmm. are, but that that's how they got their start. Um, so I feel like a lot of it is about like kind of trying to find their way to God and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. Because um, she talks about how she, um, you know, there's a part like talking about like staring uh, straight into the face of hell. I'm afraid I won't amount to much. Come and save my soul. You know that kind of stuff. Kind of mm-hmm. obviously does flow to that um, sort of Christian rock style but i don't know I, th- I just think it's a very very cool song that not a lot of people know and yeah i think uh, uh one you should listen to it's funny because like almost the meaning that i was kind of getting through this song looking at the lyrics it was kind of almost the exact thing i was talking about with that line in the bright eye bright eye song that i was just talking yeah. about where it's almost like we hold ourselves to like these crazy standards feeling like we have to like change the world or something otherwise yeah. it's like nothing matters but even if we accomplish these things like we're still the same human being at the Mm -hmm. end of the day and and i don't know so just kind of interesting like 
how I almost feel like the meaning almost, of these yeah. lyrics sort of like alluded the, to what I was kind of why yeah, it's or how probably, I try to interpret the the last one. But. Yeah, probably on the same note there. Like um, like the I would say like the part that says I'm so afraid I'll amount to nothing because I don't have much to love. Yeah, probably is sort of that sort of thing. Like you know, people I think people like sort of sum their lives up sometimes by what they've done or like mm -hmm. who they have in their life or what they have in their life. Yeah. And they focus so much on that. Kind of like you were talking about in the last one, you focus so much on these little things that like, at the end of the day, we're just a small blip. Yeah. And, it doesn't... and even big things too. Yeah. Cause it's like, it can be these small things, but it's almost like, okay, like you can, you can do all these things and change the world. But again, still at the end of the day, you're still a human being yeah. and it's still like life and you're, there's still, it doesn't mean that like you're all of a sudden, like this different being, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's just we're getting very deep. We're getting podcast, really man. deep. Like <laughs> <laughs> to go to this song too. I did want to mention that this is actually one of those songs that I feel like I was almost more intrigued by the music than the vocals. Yeah. Which I'm one that always gets drawn in by vocals with a lot of songs, but the music in the song is so cool. Mm -hmm. Like that little um kind of instrumental part, like halfway through yeah, or yeah, kind of towards the end. Yeah. It's a that's a really cool instrumental part, and I like how the bass is almost like always there, but yeah. it's like it, it's kind of highlighted in certain moments or like uh, comes to the forefront at certain moments of the song that I think is just, yeah, I think that the music is really, really cool in the yeah, song. It, I like yeah, that. I think that's definitely my favorite part too. That bass yeah. is, I mean, like whenever I try to think of like, like, you know, coolest vocals in a song mm -hmm. or coolest guitar parts or coolest bass parts this is definitely coolest bass parts for me this comes up like one of the first songs i think of yeah, so, yeah. so my next song this is my second 90s pick is from 1992 here we go recognizable one that song is stone temple pilots and that's called creep um and that's actually from their debut album core which like i said came out in 92 um i have to say one really funny thing though that i found about this was this song was one of the most miscredited songs on limewire oh, really? and it was miscredited oh, okay, as creep half it was as the song title being half the man i used to be and it being by nirvana <laughs> <laughs> which i'm not gonna lie i always why, used okay. to confuse it i was gonna say because i remember and we i were... used to always not only confuse it but sometimes i was like oh wait no this is like this is has kurt cobain featured in it or yeah. something and i'm like, like wait no and that does something. not no, it's not because i remember that actually because i remember we were in the car one time listening to the radio and this came on mm -hmm. and i remember you saying something like oh this is nirvana right and i'm like what <laughs> I was like so confused. I'm like, no, this is like Stone Temple Pilots. And like, you're like, but it's Kurt Cobain. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, it I like legit, made me question myself. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I, I legit used to like always confuse this. And yeah. I probably was one of those people who downloaded it as, as half the main used to be right now. That's funny. <laughs> but because oh, it I'm has liar. such a similar. It does. It, it's in that. It does it's have in a that, similar. What people would call grunge. And to be sound, honest, but... like, I was never a huge, huge Stone Temple Pilots fan, no, which either. is odd because I which love a lot of people 90s probably, Seattle having a French 90s sound alternative blah, blah. podcast are probably like, why did it take you so long to talk about them? But yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I just I like some songs by Stone Temple Pilots. Like I'm not saying that, but I don't know for some reason I just never. I never gravitated to them as much yeah. as I did some of the other ones that came out of the 90s. But I do love this song. This song, which is interesting because it's a very it's kind of a chill yeah. song. Like it, it doesn't change too much from the kind of melody and the vocals at all. It's, it's a little bit, I mean, I don't want to call it simple song, but it's a little bit more of just a softer kind of stays in the same kind of range song. But for some reason, this one, I don't know. I just always really liked this song. It had kind of something about it always felt a little bit like, I think dark to me and yeah. so i think that's kind of maybe why i first enjoyed this song um 
I don't know, but um, I was looking at kind of where the lyrics of this even sort of originated from or what the song was really about. And Scott had said that this song was kind of written from um, being caught in that in between your kid self and sort of like adult self and feeling like you don't fit in anywhere or finding where you're supposed to mm. fit in. So it's almost like a feeling of like that lost, yeah. like you're not really sure, um, which I think obviously is a very relatable kind of space. Sometimes I still feel like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what am I? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think maybe, maybe there's something hey, to you're that. A kid and your parents were 30 and you thought they had everything figured out. And I know. Like, you thought you were going to be 30 and now you have everything figured out. And then out. you grow up and you realize and like, nobody has anything just, figured out. We're just out. going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Um, but obviously with Stone Temple Pilots, I mean, they found success pretty pretty soon after this debut album right away and had success throughout the 90s and even early 2000s i feel like once they got into the 2000s it kind of seems like stone temple pilots had a lot of I don't, a lot of i think troubles really within the group and yeah. and kind of like obviously scott went off to velvet revolver for a while and he had a pretty active addiction that i think was pretty known even from the 90s yeah. and then they sort of like reunited but it kind of seemed like it didn't go so well like i don't know the full story of stone temple pilots but just sort of a brief thing like i think they had a lot of trouble with with kind of i think just the group as a whole and yeah. even like scott's vocals kind of changing at that point and so then ultimately um he you know wasn't a part of the band anymore and it was kind of like he got fired from the band mm. and like there was actually a, i think even like some lawsuits going on i don't know hmm. it seemed like it was a little bit of a tumultuous ending yeah and then they actually brought chester bingington in for a couple years from 2013 to 2015 and he did some music with them and toured with them um and then at the end of 2015 which is weird because it's not like I love Chester as a vocalist, don't get me wrong, but like I feel like trying to hear him sing mm -hmm. something like this. Uh, yeah, or like I know. Interstate, you know, all that, or like, I don't know, that just doesn't really sound his yeah. range, I guess. I know, I've never really took, like, really listened in on a lot of like some of the videos of him touring with Stone yeah. Temple Pilots and what that kind of sounded like. Like, if he tried to mimic it a lot or if you put his own spin on it yeah. or if it was almost a combination like that's kind of something i we probably should dive into one yeah. of these times just out of curiosity um but he was in there for a couple years and and actually it was chester left um to just refocus on lincoln park and almost a month later when chester left is actually when scott died uh, um from an overdose so um obviously the band kind of regrouped and they did eventually find a new vocalist and they have put out music since then too i didn't know that yeah um i think they only have a couple out maybe or maybe just one or two albums i saw after scott passed and chester wasn't in it and all that um so i don't know stone temple pilots has kind of a interesting yeah. history that i think unfortunately had a lot of highs and lows um but i mean this is obviously one of their you know, earlier songs. And I think this is still recognized as a, as the song a lot of people really liked. And, yeah. and um, I always really enjoyed this. I enjoyed when they did it on their unplugged too. I thought yeah. it was a good unplugged. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Some Temple Pilots definitely has some good music, but they're not like my all time favorite of the nineties, but, but I appreciate this song. Yeah. Same. So now for my second song of the 2000s. Um, this one is technically from 2010, but whatever. Um, we do that. Our rules. We do that sometimes. <laughs> We're just, as long as you're not going into 2011, you know. That, yeah. That's, that's too far. That, that, that'll be a bonus episode, you know. That's, yeah. That's not in the... Anyways, this is off of... An, or this off of the 2010 album for a band called Secret and Whisper. And the song is called Warrior in quotations, Southern Arrow. I don't know. Obviously, I think what drew me into this one at the time was definitely the vocalist, because um, he definitely 
has that, like I was talking about earlier, where I like to push my vocal range to the limit, and he definitely has that, like, very crazy soaring vocal that he has going on. And obviously there's a lot of... You, you can hear like a layered vocal effect and some echo and stuff when you listen to it close enough. But um, I, I still think he has a, a crazy vocal range. Um, and I really like the way it goes with um, a lot of the melody and the music. Um, you know like, what I think is funny though? I think it's funny that you chose this song at the same time as you chose an Anthony Green song because to me it just sounds he kind of just sounds like Anthony Green yeah because that's kind of what I was alluding at earlier with seven years is like I really feel like Anthony Green was an influential like he really pushed that oh like, so you did that on purpose yeah put these songs there you go. he really <laughs> wow. pushed that like you know he was a very not again not the first person to do that and his vocals even he was very influenced by you can tell um jane's addiction mm -hmm. uh, perry farrell i feel like he's, he's always said that, that was one of his favorite singers growing up and you can definitely hear that in it he's in my opinion a better vocalist than perry farrell but um but anyways in 2003 like that scene was kind of coming around and he really pushed that um and i think it kind of grew from there and then it kind of became this thing where like i feel like all the bands in that scene like started getting singers who like if you weren't pushing your vocals to this high crazy limit, then you were out basically. Like the low mm -hmm. vocals was out. That was the thing in the yeah. past. You know? Like like all the grunge style bands, all that stuff was out. And this was that any better was, range was yeah, out. <laughs> it was you know, like, I mean we've talked about it yeah. on this show before. It was like if you're listening to that, you're like gonna get made fun of. Yeah. Like oh like wow you're listening to that like that's mm -hmm. like corny now or whatever like. And so like this was like the whole thing, and, and it's kind of funny now because it's kind of come full full circle in a way mm -hmm. for me anyways because like. As much as I still I still like vocalists like this, but there are some where like I would have like at the time when it came out I would have said oh man this is like the best vocalist I've ever heard like I used to love uh, a band called Sleeping with Sirens and I'd listen to them all the time mm -hmm. and now like trying to listen to them now I'm almost like man this is kind of cheesy like I don't, yeah. I don't know if I really like this anymore so it's, it is kind of funny how like you know just music genres kind of change as yeah. years go on and how they kind of circle back around to it is. Uh, things that were were popular once and you know maybe we'll maybe we'll get that hair metal resurgence <laughs> next you know i, I don't i think I it kind of is in the uk a little bit but um yeah but for this man i don't know like a whole lot of their other uh stuff this was their second album and um i believe they only had the two um and i don't know what yeah. happened to them they just kind of <clears throat> disappeared i don't know yeah. um they were from canada i knew that much um but I just wanted to pick this song just because I think this one like really kind of was one of my favorites from them. And it just kind of like showed that vocal, like you said, sort of mm -hmm. that, that from 2003 of Anthony Green doing it to 2010, like kind of pushed it to that limit um, with the vocalist stuff. And the music's really cool in this song too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a ton to say about this because I, there is definitely a point where I listen to a lot of this, but there was a point where that really changed for me. Like, I feel like, I don't even know, maybe almost like 2007, 2008. And I got, I just started to feel like everything that came out in this sort of like alternative emo scene scene, yeah. um, <clears throat> it just all started to sound so much the same to me. It was like, everybody was trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And even me many years later listening to this, it's like, I just can't help but to like, be like, oh, it's just kind of like this and like that yeah. and like this. And I feel like it doesn't, there's nothing that like unique for me that kind of pulled me in, but my music taste really changed too around the time that this came out. Like yeah. I was at that point, 2010 was very much into a lot of very indie sounds yeah. and like very, I don't even know, like a lot softer stuff. So yeah. this was not nothing that would have like intrigued me or been on my playlist and and probably even still to this day i this probably wouldn't be something that i would yeah personally check out but, but yeah. yeah i mean it definitely it, it seems to be like an underrated pick because i've never even heard of them yeah i don't it, i don't i don't think it was really known outside of the scene but kind of like like to add on to what you were saying about how like it all started to sound the same i i definitely agree with that and i feel like the issue is is that i feel like all these bands 
not all, I shouldn't say all, there were some, there were some outliers that were different and doing different mm -hmm. things. Um, Periphery, for instance, is definitely a different band than everyone else, but I know how much you love Periphery. Um, <laughs> but like Secret and Whisper, like they, and those kind of bands, I feel like they all put so much attention on the fact that they had this vocalist that yeah. can like do these crazy parts that they maybe weren't trying to do anything too out of the box with the music. I mean, there is some cool guitar riffs and stuff here and there, but it, it is definitely highly focused on the vocals. Like even to the point where like, like a lot of the song, like all you can really hear is the vocalist. I feel like to me, like, because there's a lot of parts too, where like he's singing one part and then they layered his next part, like almost over it to where like before he's even finished with one line, his next line comes in and yeah. it's like very focused on the vocals and it can be cool. And like the melodies are cool in this song. There's the, the kind of middle part of the song I really like a lot um, where, where it kind of slows down with the part where he says turn around. Um, I like that part a lot with just like a different kind of vocal and then you can kind of hear his lower range and then like his soaring range kind of layered over it. Like I love that. But it is like if you're not really looking for like, man, what can this crazy vocalist do and you're just listening to the song, it really does. I can't see that. I can definitely see that. Like everything is kind of like, okay, well this is like, if I played you an Elvis machine song next, you'd be like, is this the same band? Like, yeah, it's, it's very, very similar. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So for my last song of the picks today, and this is my other 2000 song that comes from 2005, we will play it now. by Paramore. That song is called Here We Go Again, and that is from their debut album. Uh, and this song oh, was... Here we go again. <laughs> oh my gosh, the pun. Um, this song was written by the vocalist um, Haley and kind of written about her parents' divorce and just sort of the theme of uh, saying things and then taking back those things, whether they're malicious or kind. Um, so yeah, so this was... I always assumed this was about a relationship she had that didn't work out. No, it was about a parent's relationship. Mm. So right. kind of witnessing, or I think even too, just like it kind of sounded like um, maybe even within your relationships, like how easily we sort of like say things and sort of retract on that. You can yeah. kind of tell that a little bit through the lyrics of this. It's, it's pretty... Um, yeah, I feel like you can really kind of feel that, yeah. get that story with reading the lyrics. But... But this is a song that definitely, like, if we go back to, like, 16-year-old Leisha, um, definitely I used to play a lot of Paramore. I was very, very into Paramore. I mean, I guess even really, like, probably 14, 15. Um, and this song was kind of one that I feel like not as many people talked about this song as much or would say that this was their favorite. But this was my favorite of the album, honestly. I, I don't know. There was just something about the way that this song from beginning to end just went that I really liked. It was one of those that I enjoyed singing in my bedroom a lot. And um, I think even to this day, I um, I do feel like the music into it is maybe a little, it's very 2000 yeah, sounding. It's really 2000s. It, it's definitely yeah. has a very specific sound. I can't say that I love the music as much as maybe what I did then, but I still really like the song. And I like a lot of aspects of the song of just of Haley's vocals and sort of the chorus and in sort of the speed up slow down yeah. and especially even just to the end too I like sort of that almost faded out layering that's yeah. kind of done I always thought that was really cool too and and how I guess that is one part of the music just that the riff kind of hits on that beat as it's slowly mm -hmm. faded out too um so yeah, there's definitely a lot of aspects of the song that I still really appreciate to this day and really enjoy. Um, yeah, this was such a huge group for me. 
in the 2000s and growing up and yeah. I, I saw them on tour and sort of they're kind of early days still because um, they're still very much an active group. But yeah, I, w- I would say it was probably pretty a pretty like influential band as well, because mm-hmm. in my in my opinion, like at least for that kind of like female vocalist in that scene, because I feel like once Paramore hit, like I feel like there was a bunch of other bands that came out like. I'm trying to remember some of them. I, there was one called like Hey Monday or something. Mm-hmm. And there was another, like there was all these other bands that came out that like literally it was just like they had a girl vocalist and they wanted her to sound like Paramore. Like it was like yeah. all the songs like sounded the same. Like, so I feel like a lot of people were trying to catch that wave. Um, Cause they got, they got pretty popular pretty fast. I feel like when they first came out with, the, I mean, the they were pressure pretty, song and the, they were pretty popular, I would say, but still a little bit underground with the yeah. first album. Um, like, I mean, if you were an avid fuse watcher, you definitely saw Paramore and that video for pressure. I feel like yeah. played all the time. All the time. Um, it really was more their second album when that yeah, one came out. When they out. released um, the, no, what was that? Riot. Well, no, not the not the album, but the song. Oh, Misery Business. Misery Business. Yeah, everybody knew that song. Yeah, that was sort of the album that took them almost more into like the mainstream yeah. sort of aspect and everything. And and I mean, they did, I think, kind of decent after that. I mean, they had a period in between 2012 to 2016 where they just had a lot of. That was when some of the original band members left. They had yeah. a lot of like lineup changes. I feel like they kind of like. I think Haley was kind of doing some different things too. She was like, at that time, I feel like she was featured on a ton of random songs, like that one with Mm B.O.B. And so I feel like Paramore had a little bit of a weird time where I think they got maybe a little bit lost. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but, but then they came back and a lot of the original lineup came back towards the end of, you know, 2016, 2017. And then they came out with the album, um, gosh, I forget what it's called now, but they had the song Ain't It Fun, yeah, and that one played a radio. One. Yeah, that one. And I, I love that song, actually. actually I, do too. I, I really like do like their – I actually really dig their last couple albums that they've come out with, and I feel like Paramore really kind of found – I think really kind of found their sound again in yeah. these last few years, and they've been making – they've gotten really popular, actually, and Haley Williams had kind of a solo career that um, – she had a lot of really cool songs that she did, mm-hmm. and then um, – they've been, I feel like pretty successful in these last couple of years. I mean, she just, or Paramore just what like started on this Taylor's, this gigantic freaking Taylor Swift tour that's going uh, on. Yeah. I mean, Paramore opened for oh, that right. or not open, but that they were like the other group playing with that. Yeah. So they're definitely probably at the most successful that they've ever been right yeah, now. Probably. And I feel yeah. like they've kind of, found this new sound that i think sort of reignited paramore mm-hmm. but yeah i always, liked, yeah, I always back, liked this song I the roots, yeah. yeah i always liked this song too um i liked that whole album when it came out mm-hmm. um it definitely was that emo vibe that i was into yeah. um I, I really honestly liked pretty much all of their stuff um at that point like they did the couple songs that were on that twilight movie yeah, I, I actually really liked those songs too. And then the the second album came out, I liked everything on that. And then I I actually their third album that came out in like two thousand nine, uh, I think it was called is that one Brand New Eyes or something like I that. I think or, yeah, that so, one. That one I listened to that one like nonstop like like all the time when that mm. one came out. That was like a CD that was on constant rotation in my car. So I I really got into Paramore a lot too in those days. So. Um, I, I, and I, I like a lot of the stuff that I hear as they do mm-hmm. lately. That it's definitely a very different vibe um, than what their older stuff was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I've, I've always liked Paramore as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, uh, hey, here we go again. All right. So for my last pick of the day, it's a 90s song. It is from 1997. Mm, 97 good year, good again. Year. Yeah. Uh, this is off the album Secret Samadhi by the band Live, uh, a favorite around here that we talked about quite a bit. Uh, but somehow we haven't talked about this song yet. So this is Lakini's Juice. It was an evening I shared with the sun to find out where we belong from the earliest days. We were dancing in the shadow 
Okay, so at least I think we haven't talked about this song yet. This is another one I was thinking, like, there's no way we haven't talked about this yet, right? Because I, like, loved the song growing up. So I would be very surprised, but, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone was like, actually, I found it. It was on this episode. You already talked about it. No, we've um, done a lot of but, talk about live lately, but not about this song. I don't think no. we have them. No, I, I, we definitely have And this it. song has, like, such a different feel mm-hmm. from every other live song, I feel like. Um, it just has like almost like a dark, ominous like feel to it, and I don't know. I don't really get that from a lot of other live songs. I mean, I don't, not really. Um, and it also has that really heavy guitar in there, um, and the bass. When the bass kicks in, it's like a really low like bass that kind of like drops out in the song. Um, I don't know. Everything about the song was just so cool to me when it like first came out. And even now, I, I love listening to the song or watching the video. The video is kind of weird, but it, it's like a, it's like a good weird. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you remember the video? I don't know. The it's just swimming like a, pool one? Yeah, it's like there's yeah. a swimming pool and they're like just somehow on the cameras, but people can't see them, but they're there. And then like, I don't know. It's just like a very Yeah, like, it, I never really understood if it was sort of like this weird dating experiment because it's like these people oh, yeah, are kind of coming together yeah, or that. if it was just like. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there, probably more to the video than we even know, but there, there's some pretty odd dudes. I feel like so. Who knows what the video is about? Um, especially during the '90s, I feel like they were very into like a lot of different spiritual things and like and trying to like experiment with different religions and stuff a lot in that in those times. Um, so, which I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure like samadhi has something to do with their another religion of mm-hmm. some sort so but yeah. um yeah i don't know just um really cool song i love the like the the strings they bring into it too and the middle parts there yeah. where the violins come in yeah there's um, a lot of fun string yeah. parts ed's vocalist is always uh, as always are just like really amazing i still think he's probably one of the best singers of the 90s um in my opinion that doesn't really ever get that credit i don't think so yeah but, yeah no, this is definitely a cool song. I do like this song a lot. And it is. It's almost kind of like a harder edge to live than you hear with some of their other songs. Yeah. But but it's not in a, done in a way that feels like inauthentic to them. So, um, yeah, I always thought the song was pretty cool, too. Now, what – so is this – which album is this off again, you so said? So it's off of Secret Samadhi, which let me is double that check. Their... When did this? You said this came out in '97. I wanted to say it was their fourth, but let me just double check. Is this after, right right after Throwing Copper, or is there like one in between? Yeah, so this one, this one was the one after Throwing Copper. It was three years afterwards, though. So they kind of took like. So this is like their third one. Yeah, this is the third album. Okay, this is their third album because Mental Jewelry was '91, then Throwing Copper was in '94. So they kind of did like a three-year thing, which is I think odd to me for that time i feel like bands back then were releasing like every year or every other year mm-hmm. um but yeah so like it seems like every third year um, okay. they were releasing an album this one was was their third um so yeah okay. secret samadhi yeah, yeah. Uh, song is lakini's juice which um funny story backstory about that i guess um obviously my parents really loved live growing up too and we actually had a dog um that they named lakini because of this yeah. Uh, song. But then I feel like they like later found out that that might have been an um kind of an odd name because I think they looked it up. I'd have to look it up myself too, but I think they looked it up at one point and found out that it Lakini is the name of like a goddess of destruction in some other religion. Oh. And so we're always like kind of laughed about that like oh, our dog is the goddess of destruction over here. So like <laughs> but her, and her name That's ended funny. up being Beans anyways because yeah. people used to call her Lakini Beanie and then it just became Beans after that. So but That's how those things go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so live Lakini Juice. That'll wrap up this episode. Uh, We've got our songs in. Good song choices. Yeah, I feel like we brought in some variety, some people we haven't talked about. And I think that's what kind of makes this topic fun, is it's like there's not as much of a, I guess, a guideline we set. So it's like we can just really pull, like, any kind of song that we enjoyed from these times and... Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of probably what makes these episodes fun is because it, it really can go in so many different directions. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like there was a good good mix with these ones. Yeah, I think so. So uh, let us know down below what you think about our song choices. Let us know some of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we always kind of do the little polls and stuff on the Spotify page if you 
Um, it's which is kind of a still a newish feature. So if you don't know, that's the thing. Definitely just check out the Spotify page, and there's like different interact polls and things like that when you scroll down that are kind of fun too. Yeah. Like I love doing polls. So oh I yeah. Don't know. yeah. <laughs> Those are fun. I just wish you could make them last forever. Yeah, I don't know. Spotify but... makes a bit of time limit on it. But... And if you are scrolling and you notice that you aren't following us yet, then definitely Smash hit the follow the like button, button because subscribe. we appreciate that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it kind of helps. I think it probably does something with like the algorithm of Spotify anyways. Oh, so, sure. so definitely show some support by following us. Um, you can also find us on all the social channels pretty much at this point as yeah. well. It, it's all by the same name. So, yep. Retro PP. All right. So, yeah. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, we will be back next, next week, week, which actually will be our next bonus track. The bonus track, bonus track will be coming up. So, that'll be kind of a sidetrack sort of from our regular topics so yeah so we can yeah. be talking about anything it could be it could be anything new, it could be anything older <laughs> who you'll knows just, you'll just have to listen and find out so <laughs> join us next week on road trip pp